I know we're not supposed to celebrate fake news in crypto or in media anywhere, but I actually do want to speak about this tweet and the effect that it had on the market because there is one way of looking at it to actually say that even though we're very upset with Cointelegraph for publishing fake news, they may have had a good effect on the market. And what I mean by that is they may have drawn attention to everyone that there are only 85 days maximum for you to actually buy Bitcoin. That's what I want to talk about today. I want to talk about why you only have 85 days and why yesterday was the big wake-up call that should have shown the market this and maybe we shouldn't be that upset with Cointelegraph. Then I want to talk about what happens after we get a Bitcoin spot ETF. So let's talk about what happens after Bitcoin gets a spot ETF and I've got some great data to show you. Then I want to talk about this because I never ever thought that we would see Larry Fink shilling, shilling Bitcoin. Listen to this. This rally is way beyond the rumor. I think the, the rally today is about a flight to quality with all the, you know, all the issues around the Israeli war now, um, global terrorism. And I think there's more people running into a fight, the quality, whether that is in treasuries, gold or crypto, depending on how you think about it. And I believe crypto will play so that. So Larry Fink is now shilling Bitcoin and crypto, not Bitcoin, actually crypto, as the flight to quality. Never in my wildest dreams that I think that we'd get Larry Fink shilling it. We're going to look at why Larry Fink needs Bitcoin, because as this tweet here says, what if BlackRock needs Bitcoin more than Bitcoin needs BlackRock? Then, very, 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 very important. In the SBF case yesterday, we had some testimony which could put SBF in prison again. But I want to talk about something else. If you had money on FTX and you withdrew your money within the last month of FTX's um, exchange actually working, you need to listen to the show because you may have to give the money back. I'm going to talk about at the end what this actually means and how much trouble you're actually in if you're in any kind of trouble. So lots to talk about. I also want to talk about Uniswap's new fees. I want to talk about Binance. I want to talk about Binance.us. Lots to talk about. Let's get the show on the road, guys, on our new channel. Let's go. All right, welcome, 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 welcome to the new channel. Welcome to Crypto Banter Plus. Uh, I see a lot of you are here since yesterday. If you haven't yet subscribed, go subscribe to our new channel. There we go. There we go. Let's get the numbers going. 80,437 subscribers. That means more than 6,000 of you uh, subscribed between yesterday and today. I'm going to be doing all my shows here on the new channel. So if you want to see the new shows, subscribe to the channel. Let's watch the subscribe account go up together. Also, listen, help us. Help us get um, the show out there. I can see there's a whole, there's a, there are a whole lot of people. I want to show you something really funny. There are a whole lot of people that are sitting in the waiting room of the other show. I mean, get this, okay? Get this. Some people didn't follow the memo yesterday. We even said, live on our new channel. And then there's still 165 people waiting in the waiting room for us to go live. So I don't know, get a message to them, tell them to go live, tell them tell them we are, we are actually live uh, on this channel over here and we're not, we're not on the old channel anymore. So if you are here for my first daily show on this channel, welcome, welcome, welcome. You are definitely part of the, the community. Uh, remember, we created this channel so we'd have more space to bring you more amazing programming. And that's why it's called Banter Plus. It's going to be all the premium content. It's starting off with my show. It's going to be a whole lot of other stuff. So if you're not already a subscriber, smash the subscribe button. Um, and if you are here, just like this content. Let's see if we can get on our first day. Let's see if we can get over 1,500 likes. I know that we can. Um, we've got a massive show today. So number one, I want to talk about yesterday's 
intern mess up. And for those of you who missed the mess up, let's quickly understand what happened. Here is a, a real time um I'm running out of ideas event. how to generate revenue for my news company. I don't I don't really know what to do. Somebody spreading fake news about the SEC approving iShares, Bitcoin spot ETF. Alright. You know what? I can work with this. I'm gonna go on roll bid and uh take out along. I mean surely surely no one else will be doing that. You know what? I'm gonna tweet about it too, why not? Oh man, we are killing it. I just made two million dollars in an hour. Oh, somebody just called me out for misinformation. I'm gonna, I'll just delete it. <laughs> no one will care. Oh, everybody's tweeting about us. Rollbit just called us out? I didn't know they were allowed to share that information. Okay, maybe I'll do a quick apology. I mean, if I say I'm sorry and I didn't realize that it was fake news, surely nobody will be mad then. All right, so let's, I mean, let's put the jokes aside. Yesterday was actually an, an absolutely crazy day for crypto. And it all started with this tweet by the Coin Intern, Coin Telegraph, apparently the intern. We're going to talk about exactly what happened. Um, so what is, the, what is the actual story now? So what they've done is they've blamed it on an intern. And we'll talk about w what they actually said. But what they did was they first wrote this breaking SEC approves um, iShares Bitcoin spot ETF. We were live when that actually happened. Someone says present plus. Let's go, guys. Let's go. Um, then they said reportedly. And then eventually what happened is they landed up deleting the tweet. But what actually happened to the market? So what actually happened to the market is you can see that this wick up liquidated all the short positions. So you had like a 10% drop in, in open interest because everyone was short. This got them completely, completely, completely off guard, and we liquidated uh, a large amount of the shorts. You can see that the estimated leverage ratio dropped by like 5% as soon as this happened. And so now what you're getting is you're getting everyone petrified of this market. And someone says, I hope you all survived this nightmare with the fake news. Traders are now scared and disorientated. Uh, well, if you were short, you're scared and disorientated. Um, a lot of people lost a lot of money. So I saw this tweet over here, but there's many, many tweets. So this one, a whale spent 613201 to buy 20.5 WBTC and quickly sold it for 563000 um, That happened yesterday as well. But a, So a lot of people lost a lot of money, but a lot of people actually landed up making a lot of money. So it looks like there could have been huge market manipulation. We see massive buying volume in Deribit and Bybit hours before today's false announcement, which kind of means that maybe, maybe, maybe this whole thing was actually a um, a, a, a orchestrated um, pump and dump. And we'll talk about that in a second. I'll show you what Cointelegraph actually said. But we do need to be open to the idea that this was a, a brutal case of market manipulation. A lot of people actually made a lot of money. Um, there was also a sudden surge in Bitcoin market buying on Coinbase yesterday before it happened, which stopped right before the fake news wick. He says, I can't imagine someone with insider trading by slamming the spot market buy button on Coinbase, uh, although it's, not, it's, it's also not all getting sold back. And maybe that's one of the things that happened. One of the things that actually did happen, what, what the result of what actually happened yesterday um, I mean, it's, it's actually not that bad. And I'll show you why. The first thing is we have Bitcoin not giving up all the gains. So you've got Bitcoin at 28,235. And you can see that Bitcoin's actually challenging that this 200-week moving average. So you see this little red line here? Most of, most of that we've actually been above it. We've just, just, just broken down below it. And if you look on the weekly, we have been under this 200-week moving average for, for quite a while. Now, 
interesting to see that this fake news pump and the fact that people still remain in is actually getting us to potentially break this 200-week moving average. The other thing which we're seeing is we're seeing some of the bubbles that are still live or, or still green for the week as a result of this. Now, I see that now in the last hour, I guess this last hour has been pretty brutal uh, for alt, but some of the, the alts actually did manage to keep their gains. And I'm going to show you some of those alts. And maybe that's an indication of what's actually going to happen when the real Bitcoin ETF does eventually get approved. And as I said, it's a win. It's now not really an if. And that's something that we, we're going to talk about. The other thing that we have is we have Bitcoin through this trend line. And as uh, Rect Capital says, the weekly close about 28,050 would bring Bitcoin one step closer to a confirmed breakout. We have Bitcoin now up 4.81% in the month of October. And remember, October is supposed to be a good month for Bitcoin. We really are expecting a very good month uh, for Bitcoin. Okay. But let's talk about why I think that maybe, and I'm not going to celebrate fake news because I think that celebrating fake news is, is not really good. But let's talk about what happened and why I think that it actually could be so good for Bitcoin. So let's quickly start off with what actually happened because I think that that's what everyone's what everyone's looking at so they coin telegraph are claiming that it was an intern or someone that posted the tweet without actually uh, doing all the verification so here's the official statement coin telegraph apologizes to its readers and discusses its investigation into what led the posting of the unverified news on x about a spot bitcoin now you ask me this is a case of market manipulation but let's listen to what they had to say they said we are incredibly grateful for support and trust you have placed in our publication in the last 10 years. We strive to deliver the most thoughtful, engaging, and impactful news in the cryptocurrency space, even though sometimes we may deliver it before the time. Earlier today, during a routine coverage, Cointelegraph's social media team posted a, a message on X without prior editorial approval that, this, that the United States Securities and Exchange Commission had approved BlackRock's iShares spot Bitcoin ETF. This was false the result of misinformation. The news, led originated, the news lead originated from an unconfirmed screenshot posted by an ex-user who claimed it was from the Bloomberg terminal. So this just shows you how scary their, their verification procedures are. Their, their interns, not even an intern, they actually don't use the word intern here, but their social media team was allowed to post stuff on X without actually um, uh, 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 verifying it. Cointelegraph did not ultimately publish an article with this incorrect information, but we deeply regret posting this in error on X and the impact that it caused. An internal investigation revealed that our standard procedure for posting breaking news on social media, wherein sources are required to be verified on social media, was not followed. And they actually show uh, a picture of this chat. Now, I don't know. You can, you can choose to buy what they're saying, or you can choose to question what they're saying. And I'm questioning what they're saying, because I think that this must have been manipulation. And the reason why I say that is, well, you can see the buying before the time. I showed you guys a whole lot of um, uh, metrics that actually show that on Deribit, people actually bought, on Bybit, people actually landed up buying. There was a spot buyer on um, on uh, 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 Coinbase, which actually started buying. To me, this this just reeks of market manipulation and, and, and news getting out that's not, it's not supposed to get out. And then these guys actually trying to, to, to um, purposefully manipulate the market. Anyway, be that as it may, where are we now? They took the original tweet. They changed it to, from breaking, SEC approves iShares Bitcoin spot ETF to reportedly. And then they deleted the tweet completely. So now, now the tweet's completely gone. 
Later on in the day, there is the, no second. The editor in chief, the editor in chief, was on a panel with Mario Norfol in Dubai. They were at a live event in Dubai, and I want you guys to listen to what she actually said because I think that that's like, like the craziest thing that I've ever heard in my life, to be honest. So, I mean, let's watch and you tell me what you think. In a social media post, and yes, this was disastrous, and this is an example of what cannot happen. But this is what happens when we are having constant pressure to be the first with every news, and this is not a problem of uh, of journalism per se. It's a problem of the society that. And of the technology, I'm talking about indexation on Google, I'm talking about social media, where if you're not the first, you're the last. There is no second, third. So instead of taking responsibility, what she's saying is, look, you know, this is because society puts so much pressure on us to actually be the first people to break the news. We have an excuse because if we're not the first to do something on Google, you're the last. But what about credibility? Because I think who's going to believe this publication when it's not the first time that this publication has actually given us fake news before? I'm going to remind you that they were also the, the, the publication that said SpaceX sold 373 million worth of Bitcoin acquired in 2021 and 2022. And that turned out to be fake news, right? And this is the, the fake uh, Cointelegraph article. Luckily, though, we had our... Um, Analysts. We had Eric Baltunas and James Seyfert who kind of said, look, you know, this, this, is, um, this is complete nonsense. We haven't seen anything like it. And the truth is, if the SEC had broken uh, or had approved the ETF, there would be some kind of post on the SEC's website. There would be some kind of, I don't think it would be done in, 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 in this rumor way in, this, uh, in, in Telegram chats. And that's, I think, I mean, thank God that these guys caught it early because what you had yesterday was you had this incredible pump. And, you know, if people hadn't come out early enough, this pump actually could have continued. We were at 30,581 on, on this exchange. But this pump would have actually continued. And, and that, would have been pretty, that would have been pretty scary. I just want to get fix my, my charts here. So that would have actually been pretty scary if, 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 the, if the pump had continued. Um, crazy. And I, I actually want to, I want to show you guys a, a whole list of fake news stories. So this is, of course, the biggest fake news story that we've had, the Bitcoin ETF approval. The second one was the government selling the BTC dump, and that was Arkham Intel. Remember that they had that fake alarm that was set on, a, on, a, on an account. We had CZ Interpol notice, which was named Kobe, posted a tweet mentioning Interpol. I don't know if you remember that when they said that CZ is wanted by Interpol. Then we had the Litecoin-Walmart partnership, which drove the price of Lite Litecoin up by 40%. And then we had the China Bitcoin ban in 2017. So those are the, the biggest um, news stories and biggest fake news stories. And you can see the Cointelegraph is actually now implicated on, on two of them. So the question is, do we actually trust them? Are you going to continue to trust them? Where, where are you actually going to get your, your news from? Um, I mean, I did like this. The SEC actually came out. The SEC who are watching everything here, they came out and they said, careful what you read on the internet, the best source of information about the SEC is actually the SEC. They are watching this. They are watching this. They are, they are watching this. They are watching this. Um, all right, I want to talk about what, why, in fact, let's look, let's look at some of the memes because I think there's, so, there's such good meme value on Twitter. You've got to love crypto for, for the memes. So, 
Coin Telegraph intern right now. Um, you are, you either die an intern or live long enough to become a market manipulator. Love that. Um, Coin Telegraph intern when he realized what he did. <laughs> I mean, I love the memes. Send me your memes. Send me your memes in the comments. Send me send me some memes. Give me links to some memes in the comments if you if you guys have any. Uh, also reminding you guys again, subscribe to this channel. This is where I'm going to be doing most of my streaming. I see that over 200 of you have already subscribed to the show. Let's go, let's go. Let's get this to, to, uh, to 80, 81,000. Don't unsubscribe from the other channel because we are going to still do, be doing content. I'm just not going to be doing my daily show on, on, on the other channel. Anyway, let's get into what I think is, is one of the main areas in the show. And just remember that if you did have money on FTX for the month and you withdrew the money within the month before they closed deposits you want to listen to the end of the show because you may have to give back some of your money we're going to talk about that um all right let's talk about why i think this is not necessarily the worst thing in the world um you know coin telegraph you know they have been more or less reliable than they have been like a reasonable a reasonable um uh, uh, uh channel but i think we need to understand what yesterday taught us what are the learnings that yesterday taught us. And for me, the most important learning about what yesterday taught us is this year. So we, we got the fake ETF approval, which caused a pump. And it reversed, but it didn't fully reverse. It almost reversed the whole pump. Now, to me, what this, what this did was it reminded the market of something that is inevitable. We know that the Bitcoin ETF is going to be approved within 85 days. Okay, So you have 85 days to continue buying before yesterday you actually got a taste of what was actually going to happen. And that taste of what was actually going to happen, you can see over here, was that the Bitcoin price shot up to about $31,000 on some exchanges. And then it came down, but it doesn't matter. The reason why it came down is because when we got near the top, people started to deny that this was actually, that this was actually true. And so what we did yesterday, or what this Cointelegraph article did yesterday, was it reminded people, it showed people, it was almost like a dress rehearsal. It showed people that when the Bitcoin ETF actually comes out, that Bitcoin ETF is not priced into the price. And if the price was allowed to continue running, I think it would have gone to 31 and 32 and 33 and 34, and maybe even got to 40 or $45,000 a coin. And that is exactly the point. We got a dress rehearsal yesterday. We got a warning shot. They said, look, look what happens when an ETF eventually does get approved. And I say when because it's definitely now more or less inevitable. And I love this meme because this meme shows exactly what it is. Like, yes, maybe they, they, they uh, showed us the, the, um, what happens, but, and you can try and block it until, you know, until, uh, 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 the actual ETF actually gets approved, but eventually this tank's actually going to blow, and we're going to get the full um, the full effect of the ETF. Now, what are the full effects of an ETF? Max Kaiser says two hundred twenty thousand dollars in play. I think he's being a bit a bit bullish. Someone says learning from the false rumors on the ETF. Market eagerly anticipates an ETF. Most exchanges continue to work well under the loads of liquidations. Liquidity upwards is thinner than expected. This is a key point. And Coin Telegraph sucks. Okay, but. Let's look at it in, in more. Bloomberg came out and said, a brief 10% surge in the Bitcoin price gave traders a glimpse of the, follow, of the possible impact of a looming US uh, SEC decision on whether to allow an exchange-traded fund directly in Bitcoin. So what we learned is, we learned that 
the Bitcoin ETF is not in the Bitcoin price yet. And if anybody says to you that everything is priced in, you saw yesterday that the ETF is not priced yet. And when we do get that ETF, Bitcoin is going to go like a rocket. It's going to go to, I think, 35, maybe even 40,000 with a candle and it'll probably settle down afterwards. And we'll talk about what happens after afterwards uh, in, in a few seconds. The next thing that we actually learned, because it's actually all about learning. So the first thing we learned is that it's not priced into the price. The second thing that we learned about it is, and why we should probably celebrate the fake news yesterday, is because it got Larry Fink to say certain things that he ordinarily wouldn't have said. And we need to celebrate those things that Larry Fink said about crypto, that if Cointelegraph hadn't published that article, we wouldn't have got it. So listen to what Larry Fink said yesterday. When was the first you've heard about this rumor and, and what did you Actually, see? I was busy all day. I probably heard it an hour ago. So it wasn't. Yeah, well, it was, we should point out Ellie Tourette, my producer, broke the story that it was not real. But it's like wishful thinking, <clears> isn't it? Isn't this what this is all about? Well, I can't talk about the specifics of anything. I think it's just an example of the pent up interest in crypto. And I and. We're hearing from clients. the pent up interest in crypto. He does not say Bitcoin. He says the pent up interest in crypto that their customers have. So here's Larry Fink actually shilling Bitcoin and shilling crypto around the world about the need for crypto. I mean, when you think about I think some of this rally is way beyond the rumor. I think the, the rally today is about a flight to quality with all the, you know, all the issues around the Israeli war now. Um, global terrorism, and I think there's more people running into a fl flight to quality, whether that is in treasuries, gold, or crypto, depending on how you think about it. And I believe crypto will play that type of role as a flight to quality. Let me ask you this. Now, um, that would never have happened if Cointelegraph didn't go out yesterday. That, that thing that, that Larry Fink spoke about, the fact that he says crypto is a flight to quality, crypto has a lot of pent-up demand within our clients, He's literally seeing, we are literally seeing Larry Fink, the chairman and CEO, I think he's a chairman and CEO of BlackRock, which is the biggest financial institution in the world, is now shilling Bitcoin and crypto as a flight to quality and telling the world that there's a pent up demand so that when the BlackRock ETF actually does launch, people actually start buying it. And that's what I think we need to focus on now. People keep saying the ETF doesn't create new demand for Bitcoin. I'm missing BlackRock and Fidelities will utilize their own resources to create it, including Larry Fink. James Seyfart says, he's from Bloomberg, he says, look, all I mean is if you came to me six months ago and told me that Larry Fink would do multiple national television appearances where he preaches about the virtues and benefits of Bitcoin and crypto, I would probably have laughed at you. And I agree. This is the beautiful thing about what this thing that happened yesterday actually happened. Will Clemente says, if you think Larry Fink shilling Bitcoin on live TV is cool, wait until BlackRock's entire army of financial advisors, which is over 10,000 financial advisors, are out there and they are the ones doing the shilling. And why would they be the ones doing the shilling? Because maybe BlackRock needs something to differentiate itself. Right now, BlackRock is not performing well relative to the, to the, to the NASDAQ and to the S&P. It's underperforming the S&P. Maybe, maybe, maybe um, Larry Fink needs this new asset class to actually uh, uh, um, uh, to bring new innovative products to their to their um, to their product basket and to drive up their earnings. So those are just some of the reasons. Um, 
It also taught us the third thing. And the third thing, so the first thing it taught us is that it's not all priced in. The second thing it created for us is that, Larry, or taught us is that Larry Fink is excited and he's not only excited about, about Bitcoin, but he's also excited about crypto. The third thing that it actually told, taught us is that we are probably 85 days away. At a maximum, 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 you have 85 days left to buy Bitcoin. Because what you know for sure, because you had a dress rehearsal yesterday, is you know that when the, when the approval comes, you're going to get a God candle. This is what the God candle looked like yesterday. You can see it. This is what the God candle looked like yesterday. It was a dress rehearsal. And what we know is that you have 85 days maximum until until this window of opportunity ends. And it could be a, a whole lot less. It could be a week. It could be two weeks. It could be three weeks. It could be a month. It's at a maximum, maximum, maximum 85 days. And I'll show you why I'm giving you this information. So listen to what Kathy Wood said yesterday on an, on an interview. Behavior. Uh, and therefore, I do think hopes are rising that a or a number of Bitcoin ETFs will be approved. Yeah, the, the, my understanding is the court now is going to issue a mandate about how to enforce their decision here to the SEC, and their SEC is going to basically follow that mandate. Everybody is assuming at this point that they'll probably approve most of the Bitcoin ETFs by the end of the year. Is that That's a reasonable assumption at this point. They lost the court case. They chose not to appeal it at this point. Right. Uh, and I do believe uh, uh, maybe the reason they're saying by the end of the year, early next year, I know our final deadline on this filing is January 10th. And so uh, and I think we're first in line. But as you say, uh, a, a number of uh, a number of BTA, uh, Bitcoin ETFs uh, could be approved at the same time. So so her final, final deadline is January 10th. January 10th is 85 days away. Ask me how I Googled it. Google told me there's 85 days, which means that you have 85 days maximum. And it's probably going to be sooner. We've got Christmas. We've got New Year's holidays. So chances are it's going to be approved this side of the year. That's what the Bloomberg analysts are telling us. And now you know for sure that when it happens, you're going to get a guard candle. It's the easiest trade that I've seen in the history of trading. And I'm not a trader, but it's the, it's, it's, it is the, the easiest trade that I've actually seen. The other interesting thing that Kathy Wood said is, she said, look, the SEC actually want a Bitcoin ETF. It's just Gary Gensler who doesn't want it. Listen to what she said. You know, we know the research people at the SEC and they know what they're talking about. They are really good. We've met uh, the head of FinHub now who reports directly to uh, uh, Chairman Gensler. And for me, the disconnect is they know so much and they are so good uh, that um, I believe this was much more Gary Gensler standing in the way. Um, I don't know for sure, because they could never say something like that. I just know from uh, how they how we have discussed uh, Bitcoin with them that they really understand it and they understand its merits. Uh, most important. Uh, so this so you have about 85 days to buy Bitcoin. You know that Larry Fink is completely starting to shill crypto and Bitcoin. That would have never have happened. And the third thing is that you know for sure that, that the, the, the effects of a Bitcoin ETF aren't priced in. Now it's time for you to make a decision. Are you going to be using the next 85 days to accumulate or are you going to be procrastinating? And if you are going to be procrastinating, well, good luck. Good luck. 
Hey, anyway, let's just visit our friends. Just want to go and visit. Let's just go visit our friends before we carry on. Let's visit, and there's a lot to talk about. Let's go. I want to just see how many people are still waiting in the waiting room. Um, how many? There's still. I mean, look at this. There's still a hundred people. Hold on. There's still a. There's still a hundred people waiting in the waiting room of the other channel, right? Waiting for for this source. I told you. So listen. Quickly subscribe. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe. Let's make sure that everyone's here. Everyone subscribed. Put the notifications on so that you guys do get the notifications. I'm going to be doing my shows from here. So go, 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 go. Um, come on, catch up to to catch up to, to each other. Um, all right. Let's spend some time talking about what actually happens after the ETF because a lot of people haven't actually um, imagined the world after the Bitcoin ETF. We're all like talking about this thing about like, when is the ETF going to come? When is the ETF going to come? But what about afterwards? Like, what do we do? What happens afterwards? And I saw this um, this tweet by TED Talks Macro. And he says, don't get chopped up. You've got one job right now. And here is that one job. The idea is Bitcoin was tracking gold. This is where the Bitcoin spot, the, the gold ETF launched. And that's when gold actually went parabolic. Hopefully something similar will happen. Um, to, uh, something similar will happen um, to, the, to the ETF here. The other thing that I wanted to show you why I'm comparing Bitcoin to gold is because if you look, like, look here. If you look at the amount of fiat required to purchase a single family home, look what's happened to fiat over the last, since 1968. So what you could buy with 24,000 or 20,000 now costs you 410,200. Now, if you look at the amount of gold required to purchase that same family home, you're actually lower. And I think when the market actually starts realizing this, right now, there's a disconnect in the market. The market is not exactly pricing Bitcoin as digital gold. It should be pricing uh, Bitcoin as, as digital gold, but it's not. Specifically, from the beginning of the war, you can see Bitcoin's being priced as a risk asset where gold is being priced as a safe haven, right? But at some point, people are going to click. This is going to happen. People are going to correlate it more towards gold. And then... You're going to get the ETF, and potentially when you put all of those things together, well, I think you're going to get something like this. Um, and I think that everyone's just looking at um, at up till the ETF, but no one's looking at after the ETF. And also, don't forget, after the the Bitcoin ETF, we're going to get a we're going to get a, a crypto ETF. We're going to get a crypto ETF. I like what what, what Angela says. ETF fire drill. We got a fire drill. We got a warning shot. We got a, a dress rehearsal yesterday. Yeah. Um, Remember that if you are watching this and you did have money on FTX, stay tuned until the end of the show because we've got to discuss that. Um, let's we could just do a, a war update and then we'll go into we'll talk about FTX. So, a um, couple of things that happened in the war. One is Netanyahu uh, told Putin that the war won't stop until Hamas capabilities have are destroyed. I think he said all Hamas capabilities are actually destroyed. So, tensions are, are moving up there. Joe Biden, he's going to Israel. I think he arrives tomorrow uh, in Israel in, in a show of solidarity. I don't know if you remember, but uh, Zelensky wanted to go to Israel. And Israel said, no, 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 you, you can't come. You can't come. Um, I think there's a, a pull because they both want the, the aid from, from the United States. The other thing which happened, which is, I mean, at least we know she's safe. But so there is a French girl. Her name is Mia Shem. She's 21 years old. And the terrorist re released footage of her. Um, this is the footage of her. Let me know what you think. Is there no volume here?
She said, hi, my name is Shem. I'm 21. I'm in Gaza. She was at the party. She was badly injured in her arm. They took her to hospital. They're looking after me. They, they're nursing me. They give me medicine. I want to go home to my family, to my brothers and my sisters. Please get us out of here as quickly as possible. Now, the big question for me is what's happening around her in, in that room? Is there a guy pointing a gun at her head saying, if you say the wrong thing, you're going to get your head shot off? I mean, that's usually what we see in the movies when we see these, these kind of scenes. So anyway, I just thought I'd bring you a quick war update since we were talking about Bitcoin and gold and how you know, people have, have run to, um, to gold uh, it's to Bitcoin instead of uh, in to, to gold instead of Bitcoin. All right, listen. We want to. I want to talk about FTX. I want to talk about some revelations in the FTX case. I want to talk about Binance and the suspension of uh, withdrawals. We'll talk about that in a second. Just before that, just a quick shout out here to a few of our sponsors. So the first one is Data Ownership Protocol. Now a lot of you uh, don't know what Data Ownership Protocol is. Data Ownership Protocol is a layer two. Which allow, on Ethereum, which allows you to have private transactions on Ethereum. So effectively, what happens is you can do a transaction that is not shown on um, uh, um, uh, uh, ETH Explorer and whatever else, which means that you've finally got data privacy and you can choose what you want to share, basically. Now, they have finally launched their, their testnet. So they've, we're excited to release a demo phase one of the protocol on Ethereum. This video shows the initial capabilities like encrypted transfers, core technology on the road, to data, uh, to data ownership and selective transparency, probably worth watching for a second. So you can First, just go to the site. Create a new DOP wallet. Okay, so you can go and have, you can go look at this in your own time, but definitely worth doing if you want to do private transactions and you want to actually own your data. This is uh, a, an amazing, amazing, amazing protocol. One of the most mind blowing things that I've ever seen. Also, if you're not already subscribed to the best newsletter in the industry, this is the best newsletter in the industry. I'll show you how I know. If you look at it, at, at, it's got a, almost a 50%, 49% open rate. So if you guys haven't already subscribed, go and subscribe to my newsletter. This newsletter is all my show notes, what I get. At, um, this, is, this is the newsletter. And then also remember, if you haven't signed up to Dairy Budget, we are starting our options tutorials this week. All you need to do is sign up KYC and you will get 50 bucks. And when you get the 50 bucks, you'll use that in the options course that we're actually starting. That's limited to the first 50 people. So just go and do it. Uh, this weekend, we are going to start doing a Deribit uh, trading tutorial, show you guys how to actually use, uh, how to use options and, and, and stuff like that. All right, let's carry on. Let's talk about FTX because there was massive, massive, massive uh, revelations in the FTX case yesterday. So yesterday, Nishad Singh, who is the CTO, chief engineer of FTX, took to the stands. And let me tell you, I, I can't see SPF not actually getting years and years and years in prison at the end of it. So that's Nishad. He's still wearing a mask, funny enough. Um, so a couple of things that came out. Like, let, let's look at things. Remember, the whole idea is that SPF cannot be seen. I was trying to distance himself from Alameda to say, look, the people that are running Alameda is not me. It was ring-fenced. I was running FTX. They were running Alameda. 
He says, okay, who was in charge of Alameda? Tri- um, Singh says, Trabuco and Caroline, but ultimately, SBF, but ultimately SBF. How did you know? One of his computer screens was Alameda. SBF would unilaterally spend Alameda's money. He told me he threatened to fire Caroline. How would you describe the defendant's approach to, to spending? So Singh says, excessive. Uh, SBF's lawyer, objection. Can we have a foundation? The judge is sustained. Did you tell your defendant your view? He says, I learned of spending after the fact I'd complain. I'd complain about the excess flashiness, which I found that we were doing in the building. He'd say, I didn't understand that he was out interacting with people. I thought we were, we were fleeced for $20 million. He said he, I was sowing doubt. Um, so again, he says, SBF was actually running Alameda um, and that Sam was spending like crazy. Um, he, he spent something like a billion dollars on interacting with celebrities. That's how crazy this guy was. Um, okay, then he says, um, do you recall participating in a conversation about possibly shutting down Alameda? Singh said, yes. Sam sent Gary and me a Google Doc. I read most of it, but not all of it. I prompted, I proposed shutting down Alameda on FTX to close some illiquid markets, revamp the OTC system. By 2022, did Alameda need to allow negative feature to do market making? Fundamentally, no. Did you ask Caroline Ellison about the possibility of shutting down Alameda on FTX? Remember, Alameda had an unlimited credit line of your money on FTX. She replied, that's impossible. How did you respond? I was alarmed. Who was in the chat? Gary, Sam, Caroline, and me. Gary said Alameda was borrowing 13 billion. Hold on, where is that? Oh, I hope I haven't lost my place there. Hold on a second. Um, Gary said Alameda was borrowing 13 billion from FTX. I was hoping I'd misunderstood. FTX itself didn't have that much money. How did the defendant respond? I was sitting next to him. He seemed unsurprised. He made up a false excuse for dodging. Where did you speak to the dependent? On the balcony of the penthouse. What time of day? Night. What's this? Shows exhibit. It's the balcony. How long was your conversation? An hour. An hour and a half. I was worried about this. Maybe I should have circulated a document in the morning, blah, blah, blah. He talks about how SBF actually knew that the exchange was insolvent and he came up with a whole lot of excuses to get themselves out of liquidation. He says, look, we can sell FTX equity. We can sell some of our investments. But he wouldn't actually face the fact uh, that he was doing it, that he was doing that. Um, let's see if there's any other incriminating, incriminating, incriminating evidence here. Hold on a second. Um, here we go. He says, remember, he has taken a plea bargain. So he says, uh, when you participated in the creation to allow negative funding feature, the negative feature, how did you understand it? That is, that it was for getting FTX back the ability to back to back locked forms from FTT. So in June, when you saw Alameda negative 2.8 billion, what did you think? He said, it concerned me. What was your understanding of whether customer funds are being appropriate? It was inappropriate. Uh, objection overruled. So basically he knew, SPF knew all the time that, that this was happening and he was brushing off people like uh, Nishad Singh and a whole lot of others. All right, now listen, if you had money on FTX, and your money was there um, specifically in the one month before the end of FTX. There is a, a proposal out. It's called the debtor announcement. And what it actually says is it says that, let me show you this. It says, FTX estate wants 15% of your withdrawals back if you withdrew within a nine-day window before the declared bankruptcy. So if you're watching the show, 
and you withdrew within nine days of the declared bankruptcy. They want 15% of all your deposits back. So quickly, let's just read it. It says, under the terms of the agreement, FTX debtors have agreed to offer each eligible customer approving the amended plan uh, by reducing their claim, blah, 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 equal to 15% of the amount which the customers withdrawal during the nine days prior to the chapter 11 exceeded customers' deposits during the same period, as more fully explained in the sheets. The FTX debtors may exclude insiders, affiliates, customers, etc. So they want 15% of your money if you withdrew within the last 15 days. This is, this is called the clawback. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I, mean I, I had money and I withdrew and I can tell you for sure I'm not giving them any money. They can come and find me here in Africa. First thing, here I am, let them come and find me. Um, on another note, the liquidator is actually being very responsible and he's actually starting to stake his tokens. He staked a whole lot of Solana tokens. He staked a whole lot of um, FTX tokens, Solana Matic tokens. So he's actually being very, um, what's the word? He's actually being like um, quite responsible. I'll give give him that much. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw, but Uniswap actually introduced a new fee yesterday, which drove the market absolutely crazy. So they've got now an interface fee a 0.15% interface fee. And I think, look, I'm not, I mean, it's not really against this. It's a free market. If people want to use it, let them use it. But I think users are starting to be a little bit unhappy about all of this. Um, I see Binance is also not taking on any more UK customers. If you are a UK customer and you are still looking to trade leverage, I'm reminding you that BitGet still take on US customers. There is a link below. If you sign up in the link below, you get a hundred bucks for signing up if you're in the UK. So do that because otherwise you can't trade you can't trade any kind of derivatives, which is crazy. But I mean, I guess the UK is actually cleaning up now. Cleaning up now. Um, what else is there? Remember, um, if you if you if you don't want to use a centralized exchange anymore for your derivatives, you can always use G Trade, which is Gains Trade, which is one of our partners. Um, it is a completely decentralized um, perpetuals platform. Uh, right now, no KYC. You can use a VPN. They won't even know where you are. You should use a VPN. You can also stake their tokens. You can get seven, um, as 70% of our traders are market order. 61% of all our fees go to the GNS staking. So you can actually earn uh, a whole lot of fees. Um, Binance US have shut down withdrawals. I read that earlier today. Um, I, think, I think they've shut down USDC withdrawals or, U, or USD withdrawals. Let's have a look here. Mm. Okay, I don't have the, I don't have the actual tweet, but I know they have shut down with I mean, by now you guys should all be out of Binance at US. If you're not actually out of Binance at US, what is actually wrong with you? Honestly, what's wrong with you? Um, let's quickly check the news group, see if there's anything that has broken while we have been live. I see you got the newsroom over here. Just click here, you can see the actual news. I see our, our analysts. Are, I mean, they posted a minute ago. Um, Alt <clears throat> versus BTC, Coinbase app on the open. Um, you've got NVIDIA down 7%. Ooh, hold on. Is, is, is the NASDAQ coming down? Let's look at US tech stocks. So US tech. Tech 100 CFD. Let's have a look here. Ooh, so the NASDAQ's getting a bit of a beating, which is probably why Bitcoin was coming down. Oh, Bitcoin's actually holding pretty well. Hold on, hold on. We're, we're doing well here. So NASDAQ's coming down. Let's quickly look at the Dixie. Let's quickly look at the Dixie. Here we go. We have the Dixie. Um, let's get rid of... The 200-week moving average, which is destroying us, 106.3. Okay, it's starting to come down. Um, Cool. Remember, we are going to be on this channel going forward. Please let everybody know. If you're not already subscribed, you know what you need to do. All you need to do is join the 
80,863 people that I see have subscribed. Okay, let's get this number up. Go, 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 go. Come on, guys. You can do this. You can do this. Uh, NVIDIA is crashing. Bitcoin is solid. I see that. I see you guys in the chat. Panic, panic, panic. Is it panic out there? I mean, is it, is it like that? US tech. So Dow Jones, industrial, um, S&P 500 down 0.16. Dow Jones down 0.1. It's only tech stocks that are coming down. And it doesn't look very scary to me. I must be honest. It doesn't really look scary to me. Um, we never panic. War escalated. Could it be the war that's actually escalated? I mean, the best place to find all this is, is in the Banter newsroom because that's where all our, uh, all our analysts are. So you can see uh, the Irishman saying alt's getting smacked a bit because they're following. NVIDIA down 7%. Um, says uh, Goldman Sachs CEO says uh, extremely difficult times for the... This is the best, tool. This is the best research tool in crypto because all our analysts are just posting all day, every single day here. High interest rates are here to stay. We see that. Um, let's see what else is going on here. I mean, go, go and check it out. Go and check out uh, on the Banton newsroom. It is the most valuable tool in crypto. Set your time frame to the five minute, watch the news break, and then watch to see the difference, the, the effect that the news is actually having on the bubbles. That's what it's going to be. Um, and if you don't like certain bubbles, just pop them. Just go, get addicted to doing this all day. All day, I could sit here and pop bubbles. All right, listen, thank you for joining us on this uh, on our new channel. Um, great, very excited to be here. Very excited to, to bring you more shows on a, on a channel where we've got a lot of time and we've got time to ourselves and there's not a hundred other hosts. Uh, I see today we managed to get how many? 1,114. Not great. Yesterday we got 1,500, but it was a bigger show yesterday. So I'll see you guys again tomorrow, same time on this channel. Until then, trade well, my friends. Then connect your external wallet 